You're listening to the Ollie at UNT podcast, recorded at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas, where we offer courses, events, and more for intellectually curious adults age 50 and better. To learn more about our program, please visit our website, olli.unt.edu. Now, let's join our host, Ollie at UNT member, Susan Supak, as she sits down for a conversation with one of the people who makes our program so special. This is Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, known to most of us as Ollie. I'm speaking with Dr. Fred Bushy. Dr. Bushy holds a BS from the University of Illinois, an MS in geology from the University of Hawaii, and a PhD in geochemistry from the University of New Mexico, where he worked with lunar samples from Apollo 11 through 15. Currently, Dr. Bushy is an adjunct professor of geology and physical science at Brookhaven College, a member of the Dallas Community College System, and on the board of directors of Signal One International. He is also Mayor Pro Tem in Highland Village, where he has served on the city council for many years. Additionally, as if this isn't enough, <laughs> Dr. Bushy is an experienced software solution developer for healthcare and geosciences, a patent holder of five patents addressing healthcare, infrastructure, transportation, and geoscience problems. And to top it off, Dr. Bushy is also on the OLLI faculty and a member of the OLLI Marketing and Communications Committee. Wow. Welcome, Dr. Bushy. Well, thank you. You know, where to begin? You have so much. You are quite accomplished in so many areas with an extensive background in education, business, the sciences, and government. You serve your community in a myriad of ways, so many ways. I I guess, though, I have to really start by asking you about those lunar samples. I mean, that must have been incredible. What an opportunity to have worked on those. Yes, it was. I tell stories about blind, dumb luck all the time. (laughs) And it was as a result of meeting a professor that came to University of Hawaii that I taught one summer for, and he asked me if I'd like to come down to University of New Mexico for my Ph.D. And he says, oh, by the way, we just happen to have a new machine here, and we have a new professor coming in, and he's going to need an assistant. And so would you like to do that? And I said, sure. I said, what is it we're going to be doing? And he said, well, you all are going to be analyzing some of the return lunar samples from Apollo 11. Holy cow. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, when can I start? So, yeah. speak. so that's the way that all got started. It was, uh, again, it was a lot of things in life happened just because of blind, dumb luck. And that's exactly what that was. You're there at the right place at the right time. Well, what first drew you to become involved with Ali? Well, my wife... She was one of the original people that really started with Ollie way, way back. Is that uh, when it was emeritus? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And she said, you know, you ought to go with me sometime. And I said, sure. And I went with her and I enjoyed it. Then they started calling for people that might want to give presentations. And I thought that might be fun because mm-hmm. I'm always happy to talk. So uh, that's the way I got involved in the first place. Yeah, you've taught a variety of different classes, very interesting ones. What is your major focus? 
My major focus probably is science, Mm -hmm. how science affects us and how science is a technology that has to be done in a certain way. It's not something that's uh, willy-nilly, but it uses a method Mm -hmm. that allows us to understand what's going on in the natural world as well as other places. And as long as you adhere to the method, you'll come up with an answer that's probably correct. And what would you say is your main goal when you're coming up with a class or deciding what you want to teach? How do you go about that process? Well, it's something I'm interested in. And to put together a presentation on it, you have to do a little research. In the old days, of course, we had to go to the library. Now, in the old days, it would probably take me a month, month and a half to come up with some of the things that... uh, I've been able to talk about with at Ollie, but now with the advent of the internet and the ease of which one can get information and with videos and other things that are on the internet, it makes it quite easy to come up with something if you have an idea that you want to pursue. And what an opportunity for the members of Ollie. You must have had some interesting people in your classes too. I'm sure they're very interested in your topics and get a wide variety of people. Yes, a wide variety. Some have questions and some don't. Some have beliefs and some don't. And so that's generally something that's very interesting, especially when it comes to science. Do you get some strong opinions? Oh, yes. (laughs) But you have facts that you present, right? That's correct. So... Climate change is now the current thing that people talk about believing rather than necessarily... uh, accepting the scientific explanations for because of all the economic things that are associated with it. And there have been occasions where I've had some people that were relatively unhappy with what I was saying. I know climate change could be a whole interview just on its own, but what an important topic. Would you like to just express a little bit about climate change and why that topic is important for people to know about Well, climate change is basically something that's going to control what our future on Earth is going to be like as human beings or as actually life itself. We had a climate change 65 million years ago that did away with the dinosaurs. If they hadn't been done away with as a result of a meteorite, they would have done away themselves because of the same issue associated with gases in the atmosphere. In their case, it had to be with what they ate and what they did after they ate which produced methane. And as a result, in another million years, if the meteorite hadn't hit, they would have essentially destroyed themselves and the Earth's most of the life on Earth because of the increased methane they put into the atmosphere. Well, I'm assuming the changes will come from a variety of different levels, from the world uh, governments, from a country's government, from a community level, but also from an individual level. Is there something that we can do as individuals that we can help to affect what's happening with climate change? I would say the most important things are recycling of what it is you have so that we don't have to use as much industrial power to be able to make new things. Look at the possibility of using things like solar panels, wind energy, and other hydroelectric plants and even nuclear plants because they do not essentially put any kind of gas into the atmosphere. The issues associated with the fact that we have a planet that acts much like a greenhouse, and as a result of the gases we put into the atmosphere, the energy from the sun hits the atmosphere. In essence, it causes a change in these gases, and therefore some of the gases will escape, 
but others will change into gases that can escape the atmosphere, increases the temperature of the atmosphere. The atmosphere holds more moisture as a result. As a result of holding more moisture, you end up with getting greater amount of rainfall, and it just affects all the climates around. The climates affect the ocean currents, and that in turn affects the weather. And as a result, if we don't change our ways, we'll have a planet that probably not only will man not exist on, but probably all life will, will go away. You mentioned recycling. I noticed that you had taught a class in the possibility of using trash recycling to solve another major problem in any community in the United States and around the world, and that's homelessness. I was so impressed by your topic in taking these two very important problems, major issues, and coming up with a noteworthy mutual solution for both of them. Yes, it's a, it's a matter of taking the plastics we have and repurposing them into things like logs, repurposing them into brick-like things that can basically be put together to build a home from. Needless to say, it's not very expensive. So you can build a home from this kind of material for less than $10,000 that is going to essentially be perfectly satisfactory for most families that basically may be homeless now and uh, others that may be just trying to essentially move from what it is they're living in now to something a little better. It's nice to know that as a result of building it out of those plastics, it will probably take 500 years before the house will no longer be habitable because it will take that long for the plastics to break down. Really? Now, is there... Is there a problem with plastics breaking down and creating more gas releases, or is that not an issue with what you're talking about? No, it's the issue with plastics is, you may have heard that there is this ocean of plastics out in the middle of the Pacific. Yes. And that's because plastics take 500 to 750 years to break down in a landfill or anywhere else. And so as a result of it taking so long, it accumulates and doesn't go away. And if it doesn't go away, then it causes issues with all sorts of different animals. So let's use them. That's right. Well, I'm sure your work on the city council has given you a great opportunity to use the background that you have in finding solutions for uh, local problems. Well, yes. uh, Part of my background also is associated with geographic information systems. And And what is that? That is uh, something that allows you to take the information you have and put it into a computer and use it to develop ways of looking at data so that you can understand what the data is trying to tell you. It may give you a picture of the data. It may give you a picture of relationships. And as a result of doing this, you can come up with solutions for various and sundry different problems that you may have as far as a, a city is concerned. And we've been using it now. We started about seven or eight years ago. And now we use it on almost an everyday basis to try to understand things such as uh, police activity, fire activity, uh, where, what kind of uh, houses are being built where and why they're being built there, and how many empty lots we still have left, and how can we redistrict this so that it's, it's the best use of the lands oh, that we have. And that's so incredible. On. That's good to hear. Yeah, it is. It's a, an easy pictorial way for the most part be able to understand your data. Especially with a fast-growing area. That's nice to know there's an easier way for people to get a handle on all the information that's out there that can be brought together. You can integrate reams of information to come up with a 
solution. In fact, used it the other day. I was trying to understand in Highland Village we have a lot of people that have dogs. And when they walk their dogs... People love their dogs. That's correct. <laughs> and when they walk them, sometimes they don't necessarily pick up after them. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to decide where to put facilities for the dogs How as a result of knowing where most of the dogs were and where most of them were walking. That's really encouraging to me to know that those kind of issues are being looked at in a way like that. That's awesome. Fortunate to have you with this background that you have. That's a great thing to hear. Um, I have to say, with your background, I'm so impressed. You have five patents. Actually, it's 13. What? 13 (laughs) patents? Holy cow, once again. (laughs) uh, It was because a few years after I joined IBM, they decided, you know, we shouldn't just let researchers come up with patentable ideas. We ought to let the sales force and others look at ways of solving problems. That sounded like a nice challenge, and so as a result, there were a number of things that I worked on that were very, very helpful. If anyone remembers the issue associated with rolling rolling over of Broncos. Oh, right. Yes. This problem was solved as a result of using a geographic information system and collecting all the data that was associated with that vehicle, where it was shipped from, how it was shipped, and how it was tied down. And oddly enough, the reason that there was such a rollover problem turned out to be because they had tied down some of the vehicles to hard to the transportation device and as a result they bent the rods and that caused them to turn over. Oh my goodness. And the only way they would the only way they found it was as a result of you know taking the data and looking at it in the way I was describing with the geographic information system. Um, the companies that bought that from IBM included Ford, included all the companies except GM. And GM was the one that still had problems afterwards, and it was because they hadn't used a system that analyzed all the data so you could understand you know, what was causing a certain problem. That was, I guess, my favorite because that yeah. was the only one they actually recognized. They actually gave me a few shekels for it. Oh, nice. And uh, so I ended up really happy because it solved a problem relatively easily, and uh, they even recognized the fact that maybe that was a good thing. Well, we're all in so much information overload these days that to hear a process that can bring information together sounds very useful in so many different ways. I thank you so much, Dr. Boucher. This has been so interesting. I cannot wait to see what you come up with in the future for teaching your classes at Ali because the information is always so relevant and keeps the people informed on things that are helpful and important to be informed on. So I thank you for that. Well, thank you for asking me to visit with you. Absolutely. My pleasure. This has been Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas with the accomplished Dr. Fred Bushy, Ollie faculty member, Highland Village Mayor Pro Tem, and City Council member, adjunct professor, scientist, patent holder, and software solution developer. Thank you for listening.